Hello, listeners of the show. This is the Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, it'll be just me. And we're going to talk about practice. And uh, I'm going to be going through one of my old posts that I wrote earlier in 2019 titled Play How You Practice. Um, It's kind of a theme that I go back to on a regular basis of being more intentional about how you practice and not just going through the motions and mindlessly hitting balls or doing whatever, but really deliberately choosing what you do in practice to reflect how you're going to play. And I've seen some tweets recently, and really he does this all the time, from Dr. Brett McCabe about practice, and it's kind of got my gears turning a little bit too because he uh, he he shares my same thoughts that you have to prepare for the situation that you're gonna be in. You can't you can't expect to prepare one way and then get thrown into a situation and magically be able to. Uh, perform well in that given situation. And he gave the example of an airline pilot where most of the time flights are really routine and normal and calm, but an airline pilot has to prepare for much harder circumstances than than they are in on a regular basis. So their their practice is way harder than their quote-unquote performance or tournament. And as golfers, I feel like we tend to be the opposite. I feel like our our practices are much less intense and much less deliberate and thoughtful than our tournaments or performances. And I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure why that has become the norm or was the norm i i i feel like it's shifting i see it shifting for more quality over quantity uh or a high quantity of quality um but being more intentional needs to be your default in practice and practice needs to be more difficult and more stressful so that tournaments feel easy So let's jump into my post. I'm going to start going through right now. Play how you practice. This one is simple. It's not scientific. It's not biological. It's not even philosophical. It's really just logical. Think of the most recent competition you played in. Big time amateur event, high school match, weekend club event. Put yourself there again. I'll give you a sec. Put yourself there. Rewind the clock. Put yourself in that most recent competition you played in. So let's think about some details. What were you wearing? What was in your pockets? What shoes did you have on? These are seemingly small and random details. So let's go a little deeper. How were you thinking? Were you nervous? Did you take stats? Did you play it down in the fairway in this competition? Why does it matter what shoes I was wearing and what was in my pockets, you might ask? So often I've seen players get to a tournament, put on their best golf shoes, have a yardage book in their back pocket, and diligently take stats. Or because there are rules, they can't listen to music, they can't move the ball in the fairway, and they can't ask people for advice. 
They think differently simply for the fact that they're in a tournament. Basically, every part of the game is different once they show up to a competition, and they wonder why they feel so different mentally than they do in a casual round of golf. So you can see this dichotomy of these details that happen in a competition or a tournament, how different they are than our regular day-to-day practice or playing. So if you practice two or three times a week and those practices are, you know, kind of low intensity, uh, your yardage book stays in your golf bag, you don't get the whole tees and ball marker and glove in your back pocket and your golf, you're wearing tennis shoes instead of golf shoes, you put on shorts, uh, even though your tournament you're going to wear pants. Uh, especially if you know the weather and and you know all these details are different and and then once you get into a tournament all of a sudden you you change your routine and you you get to the course an hour earlier you put the yardage book in your pocket all these things all these little details that snowball into a large a large chunk of your mind and a large chunk of your uh, vibe that you feel in the hour before you play and the four hours while you play or six hours while you play. So these details are super important even though we don't give them that much importance. So back to the post. It's hard to completely remove the differences in importance between a tournament round and a round of golf with your buddies. That difference in pressure is a given. So obviously the like, yes, I do recognize there's a difference of importance of playing a tournament and playing a casual round with your friends or your family or by yourself at your home course. Yes, there is a literal difference because there's something on the line in a tournament. But why introduce even more differences? Why practice one way and play a different way? Why not try to like take away as many of those differences as possible. You've already got the huge difference of there's something on the line. So let's take away all the other little differences that add up to big differences in details, like being more intentional with how you compose yourself during practice. So changing the way you do things just because it's a competition raises its importance. The more important you view something, the more pressure you're going to feel. And the more pressure you feel, the more nervous you're going to feel. And the more nervous you feel, the more you will default to a lower level of play. I did another post about unconscious competence uh, based on The Mental Game of Poker by Jared Tindler. Really awesome book. Sounds weird coming from a golf guy, but The Mental Game of Poker is an awesome mental game book that was referred to me by my instructor, Robert Limville. I highly recommend you read that book and apply it to golf or apply it to poker if that's your thing. So the more nervous you feel, like the long story short, the more nervous you feel, the more you will default to a lower level of play. So nerves brings out the worst of your game. Sometimes the adrenaline can bring out Uh, better parts of your game that you couldn't access otherwise. But usually, on the whole, your level of play is lower in a tournament than 
in casual rounds of golf. If you took a year's or five years worth of stats, that would be the case. So when, when things are more important to you, that makes you more nervous. And when you're more nervous, you play worse. These are constants. These are statistical. So take a personal inventory. Do you raise the importance of your practice up to the level of a competition? Or do you do you show up to a competition and all of a sudden it's way more important and you haven't even come close to that intensity since your last tournament? Do you simulate the feeling you have in the midst of a tournament? Or on the flip side, do you just kind of mosey around during practice, listening to music, not caring where the ball goes? Some good examples of practical ways to raise your practice up to the level of a competition. Wear the same shoes you will in a tournament. That sounds silly, but it's like a it's like an easy detail to to look over. And and an easy thing that you can change to match your mindset in a tournament. Another way you can uh, raise your practice up to the level of competition is put your same tees and ball marker and glove and yardage book in your pockets as you would before teeing off at a competition. On the driving range, short game area, and putting green, go through your entire routine before every shot. Hit that 168-yard shot in practice as if it was the only shot you're going to hit all day. Clean off your club between every shot during practice. If you take stats in a tournament, take stats in practice. Force yourself out of your comfort zone and stretch your attention span by practicing without music playing. So the theme here is making your practice more like your tournament. Any way you can do that is a way that you will be more comfortable come time for the tournament. That's the goal because when you're more comfortable, it feels less important. And when things are less important, you get less nervous. And when it feels like, the, the closer you can get the feeling to being at your home course and being in your casual routine, the more routine something feels, the less nervous you'll be because it won't feel so different. And that's, that's so important and such a, a great way to be better in a tournament. I, it worked for me. I've done this. Uh, it, it works for other high-level players that practice really intensely. It's a thing that can, you can actually do. And you don't have to... It's not like I'm telling you, okay, you need to practice seven days a week, eight hours a day, and you'll be better. That's probably true too. But even if you only practice twice a week or twice a month or twice a year and you play one tournament a year or 12 tournaments a year or 30 tournaments a year, however your, however your year looks or however your routine looks, it's so important that you, you match your practice to your tournaments and you match your tournaments to your practice. It's... It's the best way to make yourself less nervous and give yourself the best chance of playing at a higher level in competition. The goal is to get to a tournament and feel like you've been having the same elevated feeling in all of your practices for months ahead of time. A rule of thumb for this type of practice is, if you do it in a tournament, 
do it in practice. So next time you play a casual round or have a practice session, take note of how you carry yourself. Be self-aware of how you're thinking differently depending on the importance. And then look at the small details. It's essential to keep practice and play and tournament play as similar to each other in importance as possible. So that, that making importance the same level is the theme here. And I'm not saying practice should be really miserable and playing with your buddies. You should never have fun and you should be a robot and you should always be preparing for your next tournament. That's not what I'm saying. But if you are never raising your intensity of your practice up to the level of a tournament, then you'll always show up to a tournament unprepared and feeling out of your comfort zone and feeling weird in your skin. So myself, as an example, I play a lot fewer tournaments than I used to. I used to play probably between 10 and 15 tournaments a year. And and now I might play two, two or three tournaments a year. But the tournaments I get to play are still really high level. So when I show up, these tournaments have this super high level of importance. But my rounds throughout the year, I, I don't have the drive that I used to to make my practices super intense. And because making practices super intense is a practice in and of itself that I am rusty at. So in order for me to not feel totally out of my comfort zone when I get into those high-level tournaments two or three times a year, I would have to make every little practice that I have as intense as possible. Try to simulate the feeling of those tournaments. Put the glove in my back pocket. Take the headphones out. Stop listening to the podcast. You know, uh, put the phone away. Like, really simulate a tournament. And give give every shot full routine and full intentionality and full uh, attention, and and these are just these are kind of no brainer to me ways of of making yourself more prepared to play in a tournament and to to level the playing field of importance because as long as you're showing up to a tournament and it feels way harder and way more uncomfortable than your practice, you won't play as well as you can. So take it from me, I've done this, take it from my experience that um, making your practices more intense or at least as intense as a tournament is is just a great way to, to give yourself the best opportunity to play your best in a tournament. Uh, I really do believe that. So make your practices harder. I think we can all do it. So thank you for listening. Um, I really appreciate all the listeners uh, that have tuned in throughout 2019 and now we're into 2020 and it's just so exciting and I, I just love sharing these things with people and, um, and helping golfers. And I'm still at a small audience, but there's always... Uh, it looks like the same core group of people always tuning in and listening and hopefully getting value. And uh, I'll be back with some more uh, interviews with coaches. And if you have any other ideas of, of who you'd like me to have conversations with, I'd love to hear them. Um, college coaches are a great 
to talk to for me in my mind because they they really represent um, some of the best and most thankless, underrated mental coaches. I put that in quotes, mental coaches in the country or in the world because they they have such a mentor role, such a fatherly or motherly role, a leadership role in the lives of young people and helping them, you know, be better golfers, yes, but also be better people. So that's why I love talking to college coaches because they just represent so much of what I value and what I aspire to. So that's why I've put out so many college coach interviews and they're, they're also just really generous with their time and they, they love talking about what they do because they wouldn't be doing it if they didn't love it. So, um, yeah, if, if you're not big into the college coach interviews, then, um, just hang in there for Mondays. I always do these kind of, uh, single monologues, uh, but Thursdays, I try to do some college coach interviews and hopefully in the future some other golf industry um, interviews with other people, conversations with other people, maybe players. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what we can branch into. But let me know if you have any ideas or who you'd really like to hear from, and I will try to make it happen. But until then, thank you for tuning in. And for more, you can head to joshnicholsgolf.com. Or send me a text. I'm always available, 336-399-1825. All right, catch you next time.